Have you ever prayed a bold prayer? Can you think of a time where you prayed really boldly? That's what we're going to be talking about this morning. And um, I was thinking on it this week. Have I had a time where I really prayed boldly? Can I think of a really bold prayer in my life? And I, I started to think, and I started to even search back to my childhood. Was there a time when I was a little kid that I prayed a bold prayer? And um, so I don't know how much, you know, things stand out for you in your childhood, but I was starting to think back to praying as a kid, and there was only really one prayer that stood out to me. There's only one prayer that I could remember, and, um, and so it was actually my mom who taught me this prayer. And um, for those of you who don't know, I was actually born in England, and uh, so my family, all my heritage goes back, we're, we're all British, and so... Um, so I just can still hear my mother's words um, praying this prayer. So pardon the accent, but it went like this. Thank you for the world so sweet. Thank you for the food we eat. Thank you for the birds that sing. Thank you, God, for everything. You guys didn't think I had that in me, did you? <laughs> and you know that prayer, you know, it's, it's a really nice little kid prayer, isn't it? It's one of those things that just makes you feel good when you hear it. It even rhymes. It's so, it's so nice and neat and sweet. But, but is it bold? No, it's not, a, it's not a bold prayer at all. Um, some of you who are here, and maybe those online, um, glad that you're with us. Maybe those who are at George Mason High School who are gearing up for our uh, big launch of our second location in two weeks. Um, maybe you can think of a time when you heard this prayer, or maybe even some of you prayed this prayer. But it, it goes like this. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. You remember that prayer? You remember hearing that? Some of you prayed that when you were kids. Um, where did we get the idea that that was a good prayer for kids to pray <laughs> at bedtime? Like, who came up with that idea? Because y'all know how the rest of that prayer goes, right? I'm just going to say it just in case you don't. So it continues on. And if I die... Before I wake, because okay, that's a good thing you want kids to be thinking about before they go to sleep is death. If I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Like there's a question that God might take the soul of a child who dies in the night. I mean, this is disturbing, you guys. Where, where do we get this idea that that like the thing you want your kids to hear before they drift off to sleep. I mean, that's not comforting at all, is it? It's certainly not bold, okay? And that's what I've been trying to think about was, okay, bold prayers. Did I pray bold prayers? I don't know if, if you guys uh, heard about this little four-year-old. There's this four-year-old boy who was sitting in church, and it was a tr very traditional church, you know, where children were kind of seen but not heard. And so there's this four-year-old uh, little guy, and he was sitting up near the front, one of the front pews with his parents. And, uh, you know, the church service was going on and on, dragging along. And, uh, and this little boy was just getting more squirmish and more wiggly as the, as the service went on. And he's starting to get more and more frustrated at having to sit still and be quiet. And so his parents are constantly, shh, you know, shh, 
you gotta stay quiet, stay quiet. And he's just getting more and more riled up. And so finally, like everyone in, in their section of the pews is looking and kind of casting those judgmental eyes, like, what's wrong with you? Keep your kid quiet. And so finally, this kid, this, he just starts to kind of let out this wail, and dad just grabs him, scoops him up by the legs, kind of hoists him over his shoulder, and just makes a beeline out of the sanctuary, right down the middle aisle, out toward the exit. Well, this little boy, they're close to the exit, and this little boy realizes as the grip is really tight on his legs what's about to happen when he gets outside of this nice, friendly group of people. And so he just yells out to everybody, pray for me, pray for me. (laughs) That's a pretty bold move right there. That's good. And I'm sure he needed, I'm sure he needed those prayers. What I find is that in my life, looking back, there's, there's, a, there's one particular place where I pray pretty boldly. And it might sound a little unusual to you. Maybe some of you, you have the same spot. But throughout my life, at different points in my life, uh, when I was really super into my faith and at times when I, when I haven't been, um, there's this one spot. You know where it is? The bathroom. And that seems a little weird, doesn't it? But let me tell you, let me try and explain. And I wish it was a super spiritual reason. But really, I hate the feeling of being sick. And specifically, I hate throwing up. It is one of, like, for me, I just, ugh, I just cannot stand to throw up. And, uh, and so what happens is when, when you, you, know, you get the flu or you just get that thing and all of a sudden your stomach's just upside down and you just know it's, just, it's bad. And so you bolt into the bathroom, right? And you're just sitting there and you're, you're just waiting for the inevitable. That is the time for me where I pray bold. I pray bold prayers. And I am just, I am just, before God, I am like, God, what do you need from me right now? I mean, I literally, I will do anything. I am a desperate man. Uh, please. And, and I start bargaining with God. I start making deals with God. I mean, whatever, whatever it is, I don't care. Just please take this thing away from me because I cannot stand throwing up and being sick. And so literally and figuratively and spiritually, I am on my knees before the throne. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> please, God, please, 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 please. But what I realize is, that that's actually not really a bold prayer. That's a desperate prayer. That's what that is. It's just sheer desperation. And one of the things that I want us to push into this morning is how do we pray boldly? And when I say praying boldly, it's not praying desperately, but it's praying confidently. It's a confident prayer that you're before God expecting something to happen. How do we pray a bold prayer? There are many of you, and you know people who pray bold. You have a friend, or maybe um, you've had some members of our prayer team who have prayed for you in the course of your time here at Grace. And uh, when you're around somebody who prays boldly, like, there is no mistaking it. You know what I'm saying? 
And it's not so much the words they use. It's not, you know, using some holy language or something. But there's just a sense. There's, there's this sense of the presence of God there when you're being prayed over or you're praying with somebody like that. Have you ever experienced that? And it's like something's happening and you can't, you can't explain it. You can't necessarily put words to it. But man, it's like you, you finish that prayer and nothing, you know, in your circumstances has changed in that moment. But it's as if you've experienced God in that moment. There's a peace. There's something that has happened. Many of us have experienced it. Some of us actually have prayed prayers like that. And so what I want us to look at today is how do we pray bold? What does that look like? And to help us in this quest, we're going to look at a very bold prayer that was prayed by some of the first followers of Jesus. We find this prayer in the book of Acts. Now, this is a, a book of the Bible. It's after the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And um, that it then comes the book of Acts. It was written by a doctor named Luke. And um, just so you know what's happening in the book of Acts at this point, um, Jesus has had his earthly ministry, and he has been crucified for his claims to be God. And um, so he's been crucified, he's died, he's been buried in a tomb. And then the craziest thing has happened. A whole bunch of his followers are now going around and they're saying that he allegedly has risen from the dead and he has appeared to them and he is in fact God and this just stakes his claim because he's risen from the dead. And so what's happening is that his, uh, Jesus' followers are making these crazy claims, and by doing so, they're putting themselves in serious jeopardy. And we talked about this last week, we talked about bold faith. We looked at two guys who were out sharing this crazy story about how Jesus has risen from the dead, and their names were Peter and John. And by doing this, by talking about Jesus publicly, they were quickly arrested and they were brought before the most powerful group of people in the nation of Israel, this council called the Sanhedrin, the same council that had essentially sentenced Jesus Christ to death. And so we, we talked all that about that last week. You can go online or you can podcast and catch up last week if you, if you missed that. But essentially, um, this is where we're going to pick up the story today in Acts chapter 4, verse 23. It says this, On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported that all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them, Okay, so they get released and they're coming back and they're giving the report to the early church, you know. Okay, guys, what happened? What happened? Well, we're going to tell you what happened. Basically, here's what they said. Don't say the name Jesus anywhere. Don't teach about Jesus. And if you do, we're going to get you killed, okay? So pretty simple instructions. Everybody got that? That's, that was what these guys had said to the followers of Jesus. So... This is not a good situation. Now, you're in a position where if Jesus has truly appeared to you and you are so fired up and wanting to proclaim this, all of a sudden you know that pretty much there's a bounty on your head if you do. So let's see how they respond to this really sobering news. Verse 24. It says, When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. And here's where this really bold prayer ensues that we're going to look at today. Here's how the prayer starts. Sovereign Lord, they said, 
Now, sovereign, that means supreme power and authority, okay? Supreme power and authority. It says, sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. Now, I just want you to appreciate where this prayer begins because they have just gotten a report back from Peter and John that essentially, if we say the name Jesus, we're done. You're dead, okay? So in the midst of these murderous threats that they've heard, in the midst of hearing this from the most powerful people in the nation of Israel who who have the ability to take their lives, they start out, not by focusing on those powerful people or those powerful threats, but where is their focus in this prayer? On the power of Almighty God. Take note of that. It's really important. The prayer continues in verse 25. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Now, This isn't their literal father because um, this is referring to King David. Many of you have heard of King David. He lived centuries and centuries earlier. He was an incredible man of God. And one of the things that David did that's basically his legacy is that he wrote all of these incredible worship songs to God. And so inspired by God, he writes and declares all these truths about who God is. And we know them today in our Bible as the book of Psalms. And so the, the, the nation of Israel and all of these followers would be extremely familiar with all of these worship songs. They would know them inside and out. And so they're saying, okay, so you spoke through the mouth of your servant, our father David, and now they're quoting the psalm. It's actually from the second psalm, verses 1 and 2. And so they're quoting this as they pray to God. They say, Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. So you can imagine they're thinking about, you know, the Sanhedrin and all these powerful people that are fighting against what's happening right now as they proclaim this out. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? Now, that's as much of the psalm as they quote. That's, that's, that's as much as they quote in this prayer, just the first two verses. And it's all about the opposition and people opposing the will of God. But here's what you have to know, and it's hard for us to appreciate, okay? But what you have to understand is just by praying those two verses, this is a very familiar psalm. All of these people knew how the rest of the psalm went. And I just want to show you how it went. It went like this, verses four and five. So all these people opposing God and his people, look what it says. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath. So even as they were just praying out those first two verses of the psalm, what would have very much been in their mind and in their subconscious, in their spirit, is ultimately these people who are threatening us, These religious leaders who are opposing us and saying that they're going to take our lives, they are no match for the one who just laughs at these threats. So they're no match for God's power. They continue. Verse 27. 
Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. Basically, they're referencing the group of people who came together to have Jesus arrested and killed. It says that they, they, they pray, they did what your power and your will had decided beforehand should happen. So in this part of their prayer, what they're declaring is that these people who had Christ crucified could only do as much as God allowed them to do. Essentially, what they're affirming here, what they're declaring in this bold prayer is that God's purposes cannot be thwarted. So what I want you to, to notice so far in this prayer is where the focus of this bold prayer is. It's very instructive for us. The focus is about God's power and God's purposes that they will prevail. That's where the focus is. Now, if, uh, if maybe you just zoned out for a few minutes there somewhere, I want you to, to tune me back in because I'm basically going to give you what this sermon is all about today in a nutshell. So if you fall asleep through the whole rest of the service, you can say, yeah, I, I remember what the service was about today. Here it is. Are you ready? Most prayers start with us, but bold prayers start with God. You see, most prayers, they start with us, our problems, our needs, our situation, our requests. I mean, that's just, that's honestly, that's most of the time how I pray, okay? Most of the time, probably how you pray. But bold prayers, they start from a whole different point of reference. They start with God's plans, God's purposes, God's power, God's promises to us, and then, then they move and shift to us and our requests. Most prayers start with us, but bold prayers, you guys, bold prayers start with God. Now, why does this matter anyway? Like, who really cares if we pray boldly or we pray starting with us? Like, what, what difference does it really make? Why is this so important, Derek? Well, I'm glad you asked. I'll try and take a shot at that, why this is so important, why I'm fired up about this this morning. See, here's the deal. If Jesus Christ is actually God, okay? Now, I know that that's a big if for some of you. For some of you, that's a big reach. You're still trying to figure out who Jesus is, and you would say, man, I, I just, I, I'm not at a place where I would say that Jesus is God, okay? But if you could just kind of put that to one side for a minute, okay? Because the majority of us in this room would say, yes, we're tracking with that. So just, let's just hypothetically, so everyone here is on board on the same page together for a second. If Jesus is God, making that assumption, then here's what that means. What we see Jesus talking about, what we see Jesus doing, we know without a doubt that that reflects how God feels about that thing, what God has to say about that thing. So here's what we see very clearly in the scriptures. We see Jesus calling his people to pray. 
We see Jesus making prayer a huge part of his life. It wasn't just something he taught, it was something that he did. And so Jesus, over and over and over again, calls us to pray. He calls us to keep praying. He calls us not to give up when we pray, okay? Now, you might be here and you're thinking, yeah, I don't know, I'm not really big into prayer because I just don't know, and God's so big, and I don't know what difference it would make. But here's the thing, okay? If Jesus is God, then we know without a doubt that God cares about our prayers. And God tells us, I want you to pray. We know that. Now, the other thing is that it's not just saying a prayer, but it's actually, there's, a, there's a, another component that really matters when we pray to God, and that's faith. And I gotta tell you, this one is really mysterious. It's really, really intriguing to me. It's not just prayer, it's prayer in faith. So what you see when you look at the gospel accounts of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John of Jesus' life is you see all these uh, recorded miracles and healings. And you know what's crazy about it? Time and time again, and many of you have read these. I just want to bring, bring your attention back to it. Time and time again, we see Jesus healing and then saying something very interesting, very mysterious. I want to take a look at um, the, the tax collector, Matthew, in his account, chapter 9, verse 22. This is where Jesus uh, heals a woman who's sick. And it says it in verse 22, Jesus turned and saw her. Check out what Jesus says. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. Luke, the one who wrote um, the the book of Acts, he, in his uh, gospel of Luke, he writes in chapter 18, verse 42, this is when Jesus heals a blind man. He records it this way. Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. What we see over and over and over again when Jesus does these miracles and he, he heals people is he says, your faith has healed you. Your faith has made you well. Isn't that interesting? So we know that faith plays a role in God answering our prayers, but what's equally fascinating and even more mysterious is that you see there's times in the Gospels where Jesus heals someone who basically has no faith at all, and they were completely skeptical, and they didn't even know what was happening, and all of a sudden, boom, they're healed. And there was like no faith at all that we could see. It was purely because Jesus was like, yep, going to heal that guy. Don't really care. Going to heal him right now. So so what is it? You know, how much of a role does faith play? It's it's hard to, to figure it out. It's hard to nail it down. But here's the thing, you guys. Here's the thing. Faith most certainly plays a role in our prayers. Okay? So... Okay, so let me try and tie a bow on how, why is this important? Why does it matter? Why does it matter that we pray boldly? We pray in confidence, in faith, with expectancy that God's going to answer. Because here's the deal, okay? Listen, listen. When you start your prayers by focusing on who God is, God's power, okay? When you focus on the fact that God, you, you told me to pray, God. You, you command us to pray, And God, you also promise that you'll answer. You've said it time and time again. You will also answer our prayers. When you start there, 
It provides a confidence, not in yourself, not in your own prayers, not in your own abilities, okay? But, but there's a confidence there saying, I'm not doing this because I feel so jazzed about it. I'm doing it because you tell me to. I'm doing it because you tell me you're gonna answer, God. And so it just emboldens us. You know what I'm saying? If you lean into who God is, it, it, it makes you bold when you pray. It gives you a confidence, not in you, but in God, when you boldly come before the throne and make a request to God. Starting our prayers focused on God and who he is, it emboldens us to pray. Most prayers start with us, but bold prayers start with God. Let's see how this prayer finishes out. So this group of uh, Jesus followers in verse 29 continue this prayer, and they say, Now, Lord, consider their threats. And enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. This part is just plain crazy, you guys. This is absolutely nuts to me. Okay, here's here's the deal. Peter and John just walked in. They say, hey guys, got some kind of bad news. Um, we say the name Jesus anywhere, anytime, we're pretty much all dead. Like they're going to crucify us or put us on a stake and set us on fire. They're going to stone us. They're going to do something really, really bad. So just kind of letting you know that, that the last warning's been out there and now just, we can't say anything. Okay, let's pray about that, all right? You know what my prayer would be? God, please keep us safe. God, you know, maybe there's somewhere we can go undercover for a while, you know? Um, God, maybe there's, a, there's an island somewhere that you can send us to. Hopefully the weather's nice. And, um, and we can go there and like we get away from all the threats and all the craziness and like the, the, the hotbed of, of Jerusalem. Could, could, that would be my prayer. Anybody else willing to just admit that'd be your prayer? Okay. And instead, what do they pray? Okay, we're going to get killed if we say it. Here's the prayer. Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. And you realize what happened to many of the people who prayed this prayer, don't you? Not from Bible history, but from Jewish history, Roman history, other historical records. You know what happened to many of these people who prayed this prayer, right? They were killed for preaching the name Jesus with great boldness. They refused to stop talking about what they had seen and what they'd heard. They say, just enable us to be bold, God. How in the world could they pray that prayer? And what's the deal with, like, the, the, the healing and the signs and the wonders? Like, they're, they're praying for that. Does anybody wonder, like, what's the motivation there? There's one, there's only one motivation. Only one. You know what that was? If God would do some miracles and signs and wonders in their midst, what would that give them? That would give them an incredible platform to share the good news about Jesus and his promises and his claims. So this is all headed in one bold direction. God, just allow us to have a platform. Enable us to speak with great boldness. This is absolutely crazy to me. But here's the deal. And this is, this is why 
bold prayer and starting our prayers with God is so incredibly important. Because, you know, if they just started with themselves, okay, I think they probably would have ended up with that, you know, give me the island prayer, you know, keep me safe and all that kind of stuff. But where did they start? They started with God's power, God's purposes, that they cannot be thwarted. God's promises. And so what that led them to, and this is what happens when we pray bold prayers and we begin with God, is that when you start there, you start grounded in God, you know what happens? You end up oftentimes praying in alignment with the will and the purposes of God. And that, my friends, is a bold, bold way to pray. And I'll just tell you why, why this is so important for us. Because how many times do we pray that God would change a situation that we're facing, right? Almost all the time we pray these things. God, please change this thing. And how often does God want to say, you know what? I'm actually, this time I'm not interested in changing your situation. I'm interested in changing something in you. And the only way that we're going to be able to get in touch with that, because we keep getting no, 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 where's God? Knock, knock, knock. I can't hear you, God. What's happening? No answer, no answer, no answer. When in fact, maybe God's saying, I'm trying to bring you in alignment with me, my purposes, my will. You want this other road to open up? I'm trying to teach you to be patient. I'm trying to show you something here. So when we start our prayers focused on who God is, there's a much better chance that we are going to end up praying in alignment with God's will. Now, let's see what happens after this prayer. Last verse we're going to look at this morning, Acts 4.31. It says, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the Spirit of God that Jesus promised when he ascended to heaven. He promised his followers and everyone who believed that they would be filled with his Spirit. It says, it says that, the, that they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Now, <laughs> that seems pretty cool. I got to tell you guys, I love math. I don't know if I have any other folks in here who you're just a math person, you're a numbers person, but I have always loved math. And one of the things that is bumming me out these days, I have three kids and two are in elementary school and one's in middle school and they cannot stand math. And that really bothers me. I don't understand how you can't love math because here's the thing about math that's so great. You know, unlike history or science or some of these other things, where you've got to memorize all sorts of information, you know what I'm saying? Just memorize all sorts of facts and stuff. Math is so beautiful. You know why? It's just a formula, right? All it is is a formula. You, you know, here's, here's how you do addition. You stack it like this, boom. You can plug any number in in the world. You don't have to memorize stuff. Just know the formula, right? Then you can do addition, subtraction, multiplication, division, algebra. It's, it's so great. You just know the formula. You plug it in, and boom. Your results are right there. It's predictable. It's verifiable. You can check it. Who loves math? Isn't math awesome? Yeah. I mean, math is fantastic. This is why I love math. Some of you can't stand me right now for what I'm saying, but... Because you hate math. But here's the deal. There's, there's beauty in a formula. And some of you may be looking at this 
prayer. And you might also have read through many of the prayers in the Psalms. And you might be very tempted to get your math hat on and to say, you know what? I see there's kind of a pattern here. There's, it's almost like a formula. And, and here's, here's what it is. Let's just, let's just review. So we start with God. And then we add in like a couple of verses about who God is. You know, throw in a nice little scripture there. And then we put on top of that, we add in our requests that we're making before God. And then boom, equal sign, answered prayer. Then all of a sudden, the room shakes in the Holy Spirit and it's just amazing. And God answers. It's like, wow, I've just figured out the formula to get God to answer me every single time. Does anybody else think that's a little problematic? So, um, this past week, I was having a conversation with a couple. And the reason that I um, was talking to them was because they pray very boldly. And just a confession uh, of mine to you guys is that I don't necessarily feel like I have this bold prayer thing down very well. And so I wanted to talk to this couple. Their names are Devin and Vicki Serene. And they actually, uh, they lead our prayer team. Many of you have gone and received prayer at some point along um, our prayer wall. And so, um, I mean, if you have, if you've ever experienced that, you've had anyone on their team uh, pray with you, you know that that, that is some, that's a team of people who pray bold. They really do. And so I um, had a chance to catch up with Devin and Vicki. And I just wanted to ask them, I'm like, like, how do you do that? Exactly, because I don't feel like I pray bold prayers. Have, have you guys, have you always prayed bold? Like, what is it? How does that work for you? What does it look like? Has it evolved over time? Like, how, just talk to me. How, how do you pray bold? And I kid you not, I asked the question, kind of rambling like I just did there. And the very first words out of Vicky's mouth, she's the first one that responded. She said, well, Derek, first of all, you know, it's not a formula. <laughs> Literally the first word she said, it's not a formula, you know. You pray from the heart. And she said, here's the deal. Your prayer life, it's grown out of a relationship with God. It's not a formula. It grows from your relationship with God. In fact, she said, you just, some things you just have to do. You practice praying and you get better at it. You get more bold as you do it. Her husband, Devin, said to me, he said, you know, Derek, we put our faith in Christ and started following him 35 years ago. He said, the more you walk with God, the more you lean in to God and build that relationship with God, he said, the more you do that, Derek, the more you can pray. So ultimately, it's not a formula, you guys. There's no, there's no formula because that reduces God to something that is not God. But at the same time, the spirit behind all this is that God is the enabler of our faith, okay? God is the one who enables us to do everything. So God's our natural, logical starting place. Not to plug some A plus B equals C into a formula, but starting there. God is our starting point. So what I want us to do this morning 
is I've asked our music team to lead us in a time where we'd be able to get our minds right, we'd be able to establish a great starting point. And I want just for the next few minutes for us to have a time of experiential prayer just right in your seat with you and God. But I want us to kick it off by having the team play a song that helps us to focus in on who God is. God's purposes, his power, his promises, for us. So you can feel free, we're just going to stay seated. You can feel free to just sing out if you'd like, if you know the words and that kind of helps you to connect with God, declare it out. Or if you want to just, just have a time where you just let those words wash over you. And then what I'm going to do is um, after that, we're going we're gonna to have a time where we, um, we have a, a time to pray together. We bow your heads. God, you are our good Father who loves us. You are perfect in all of your ways. God, as we just sang, you know exactly what we need before we even utter the words. Yet, in spite of that, you tell us to pray. You want us to seek your face. And you promise us, out of your goodness, you will answer and you will bless us. Lord, we are just going to take a few moments here quietly before you to pour out our hearts to you. God, give us boldness. You are powerful and awesome and so good. And you tell us to pray and you tell us you'll answer. So we come boldly now just between us and you. Give us boldness to seek you right now. God, I just want to lift up all the prayers that have been prayed in this room, all the pray, prayers that have been prayed, those with us online. I lift up all those prayers to you now, God. Some of those prayers have been prayed over and over and over and over for years and years, and we've almost felt like giving up. Others of us have prayed a prayer we haven't prayed in years because we'd lost hope. We'd lost faith. But God, we come to you again, not in our confidence, but in yours because you tell us to and you tell us you'll answer. God, help us to pray bold. Help us to have great confidence, not in ourselves, but in you, God. Lord, we pray that you 
would hear us, that you'd answer us, God. We pray that you would change the things we're praying would change. And in some cases, maybe, just maybe, you'd even change us. We thank you for this time. In Christ's name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Grace Community Church, a church for people who don't go to church, meets on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. in Arlington, Virginia. Connect with us anytime at trygrace.org.